Welcome to Worked Up, the podcast where you learn to navigate the workplace, business, and your career with a little more ease and a lot less angst so that you can write your own success story. I'm your host, Jacqueline Beck. I'm a business and career strategist and founder of Jacqueline Beck Consulting. On this podcast, we talk to business professionals from all backgrounds, all industries, and all walks of life to learn how they've navigated their own journeys to success and what they've learned along the way. Hopefully, you can listen and learn from their lessons so that you don't have to go through the hard part yourself. When I had children, I stopped caring as much about what other people thought. Mm. I was like, I just don't have time anymore for this. Like, I need to be there for my kids. And I can't just sit here in misery and be in an office all day. Like, if I'm not going to be with them, I need to be doing, like, something that I really want to be doing. And something I want to set an example for them on, you know, how they should be with their careers. They shouldn't just do something because people are telling them to. They should do what really motivates them and makes them tick. And, like, I feel like I want them to see that example. I don't really want them to just see me going to an office just because that's what I'm supposed to do. On today's episode, we talked to Dana Ron. Dana is a realtor in South Florida who has a really interesting and winding road to get where she is today. She's been a jack of all trades. And what I love about this conversation is we really get into how to define your own path. We get into being the good girl, which I think a lot of people can relate to doing what everyone expects of you, doing what you think you're supposed to do versus finding it out for yourself. So let's get into it. We are joined by my dear friend in studio today, Dana Ron. Hi, Dana. Hi, Jacqueline. So happy you're here. Thank you for joining. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to chat today. Me too. Dana is... A Wonder Woman. She's a real estate agent with a thriving practice here in South Florida. She has taken a really interesting and winding path to get there. So there's a lot of wonderful topics that we can dig into. And I'm very excited to chat with you. Me too. I'm excited. Perfect. So let's kick it off. Do you mind sharing a little bit about that winding path and how you got where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. So Today, I am a real estate agent here in Boca Raton. Um, I help a lot of young families relocate here or move within the community. I also help people sell their homes and move to other places. And um, I really love what I do. But um, I wasn't always a real estate agent. And it definitely wasn't what I ever had thought I would be when I grew up, if you had asked me when I was a kid. Um, I was always a good student. Um, I always worked really hard. Um, academics were always something that was were really stressed to me. And I always kind of thought that I would take a traditional path when I was growing up, whether it be a doctor, a lawyer, a dentist, go into finance, something like that. So that was always kind of like what I felt like was expected and what I tried to follow. After college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do, to be completely honest, but I knew that I liked doing research and I liked writing. And there wasn't like this specific skill that I had. So I thought, okay, maybe I'll go to law school 
and you know, I could use this to become a lawyer. So I went to law school and the first year of law school, probably within the first couple of weeks, I think it was actually very clear to me that I hated law school, but I had never quit anything in my life. And I didn't really think quitting something was an option. That was just like never how I was brought up. It was never something that I allowed myself to do. So I continued. And each time I did something in law, it led me to the next thing. So whether it was, you know, I said, okay, let me get through the first year. I got through the first year. Then let me try to get an internship. You know, let me try to get that next job. Um, Each time I remember studying for the bar, I was like, well, I don't really want to practice law, but I should probably take the bar. I just went through three years of law school. So then I took the bar. After I passed that, I was like, well, I just passed. So maybe now I should get a job as a lawyer and make sure that I really don't like it. So, you know, I worked as a law clerk. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe if I did private practice and actually represented people in court, maybe that would be a different experience that I would like. So I tried that. And I I really never gave up because I was like, you know, I've put so much into this Mm -hmm. and I've learned so many different things. I've made a big investment and I felt like I had to kind of pursue that um, because of all the, the time and effort um, that had been put in. Yeah. And I also think there was a piece of me that was worried about what other people would think, you know, if I didn't practice law. Mm-hmm. So that was all something that was really, really hard for me to get over. And um, it took a long time for me to figure out what career path actually worked for me and, um, and to get into real estate. So, And now here you are. I am. So how did you make the leap into real estate? So it wasn't a direct leap from law to real estate. I was practicing as a divorce lawyer, doing high net worth divorce in Manhattan. I knew that I really didn't like it for a number of reasons. I never saw myself. um, I, I wasn't motivated to become like the head partner there. I didn't see myself doing that. There were a lot of things about it that just didn't fit with my personality. So it was hard to motivate when like I never actually saw myself, you know, getting higher and higher on the ladder there. Yeah. So I was always kind of thinking about what else I could do a couple months into one of um, my jobs in Manhattan that I was not happy at. My husband got a job opportunity down in Florida where he grew up. And basically we had to decide where we going to move to Florida. And if we did that, I didn't have my license to practice law in Florida. So I would have to retake the bar. So I was happy to make that move, especially because I was unhappy in my career right now. And he was getting a career advancement that he, you know, was looking for. And I was happy to support that. Uh, But in the meantime, I needed to take the bar again in Florida, uh, That was another thing where I was like, I don't even know if I want to practice law, but let me just take it just to have it. Yeah. I felt like I was always kind of doing things in law just to have the security and uh, trying not to step out of it because I was nervous. What happens if I want to get back in? And now I left. Mm -hmm. So while I was studying for the bar in Florida, because I couldn't really get a job while I wasn't barred here, I decided, you know what, maybe I should just try to do something like completely 
different now that I have this time where I'm not really working and I moved to this beautiful, you know, place where it's sunny and things are way more relaxed than in New York City. And I was like, this will be a good opportunity for me to just like take a change of pace from, you know, the grind of like not being able to even like leave my office until after seven o'clock. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to try something completely different and see what happened. So I decided while I was studying for the bar that um, I was going to go look into doing some sort of like tutoring or coaching or something, because one of the things I always liked was, or not liked, but felt like I could do well was I was good at studying and organizing and time management and things like that. So Mm -hmm. I came across a company that was teaching executive functioning to kids like that were in middle school, high school, college, and they were looking uh, to hire coaches down here and you needed to have like a master's degree. Um, I just applied because I was like, I don't know, maybe I could do this. It's not a full time thing. Just a couple hours. I could help maybe some high school or college kids get themselves organized, you know, deal with stress of, um, you know, studying for exams, things like that. So they interviewed me and they were totally confused why I was interviewing for this job. Um, They were like, we've never had a lawyer interview for this job, but like you have the skills and sure, like you totally could do it. So I took the job and I started doing some coaching for some kids here in Florida. I liked it. And this company was also just starting out in Florida and they were trying to grow their referral business. So they started asking me, hey, would you mind going to this neuropsychologist's office and just speak to them about what we do? So I was like, sure. So basically, I took one appointment doing that. It went well. Next thing I knew, they were asking me to do more and more. And I basically became their salesperson down here in Florida without even realizing that I was getting into sales. What I liked about it was... I'm really not a salesperson and I was just genuinely talking about my coaching and talking about the differences that I was seeing in the children I was working with. And, and we were able to kind of just talk about their lives and how they were changed um, through coaching. So that enabled us to kind of grow the business down here. And it was also an eye-opening experience for me being in, in a totally different role, being in sales, because I had always envisioned myself being in research writing role. And this was more, it was just totally different, Mm -hmm. but it actually had some of the same elements of what I liked in law, which was really like dealing individually with clients. The reason that I went into family law specifically was I didn't want to do business law or something where I was just dealing with a large corporation. I really wanted to help people, you know, who were going through hard times or dealing with their everyday lives. So I also was a a law clerk in family court for that very reason. So it, it oddly like had some similarities, but it was never something I would have realized. And I started to think about what I liked about each of these jobs and what I didn't. So that was how I got, I kind of started in sales. After that, I, I actually had my son. So I wasn't working for a bit. When I went to enter the workforce again, after a couple of months of having my son, I was planning to go interview for law jobs. I had, you know, I had my admissions now in Florida 
And I started really thinking about like, what is it that I want to do? How do I want my life to look with my children? When do I want to be available? When do I want to be working? Just really trying to think through all the logistics of everything and about what I actually enjoy doing with my time. And I knew like in the back of my head, as I always did, that maybe real estate would be like something that I enjoyed. And now having this sales experience, I realized, okay, this is something that I actually might be able to do and do well. So I took a jump and said, okay, let me just start this real estate business from nothing and and see where it goes. So that was in 2019. And I, I started from scratch and just, you know, talked to family and friends and just tried to really grow the business from there down here in Florida. Well, and it's amazing because you have a very thriving business right now. And so in a very short period of time, you've managed to not only leverage the skills that you acquired through your legal journey and through the coaching journey and the sales journey, right? You've kind of bundled them all together into what I call a toolkit where you know what to wield and when. Um, And you've been able to leverage all of that toward building something that I, I happen to know this you're proud of, which is amazing. And, you know, as you're talking, I'm really struck by this idea of being the good girl, right? And going down the path that everyone expects of you. I call it career autopilot. Absolutely. That's what I was on a hundred percent. I always in school was always good. I never got in trouble. I got good scores on everything. I studied, I did all the right things and it just felt like I had to continue down that path. And it just never even crossed my mind or actually it did cross my mind that I would love being a real estate agent, but it was just never something that I actually thought I would do for a variety of, of different reasons. What do you think held you back from considering that path? So one was knowing that I had made this big investment in college, law school. And the other was when I spoke to people for advice, everybody was like, well, like, why don't you be a real estate attorney? Like, you know, you have this legal background, you know, you really should use it. So I think it was a combination of what I had invested and also the judgment that I felt like I was going to get from other people. That's such a huge piece of it. Right. And honestly, I went through that too when I transitioned from banking into having my own business. So we we grew up very similarly in that I only had three paths, doctor, lawyer, banker. There was no other option. Right. And I went to a good school. I always got the good grades. I did everything that was expected of me. And then- Fast forward, got a job on Wall Street. I very quickly, kind of similar to you, knew that I wasn't interested in it. Right. Uh, very quickly knew I hated the stock market, found my way into commercial real estate, right. um, still at a big bank on Wall Street, and did what I call the world tour in my effort to figure out what fit, right? Which is something you said about being in a role that resonates with your personality, being in a role that resonates with what you like to do. And I felt very similarly. I was so scared of the judgment of, well, if I'm not in banking, who am I? It's like this really big identity crisis. Absolutely. What are people going to say to me? I remember when I created, like when I got into real estate after I kind of did my whole behind the scenes plan, I was like, okay, well now I have to put myself out there because I'm in client services. I have to get clients. So They're not just going to appear. You can't be a secret realtor. Like you have to really put yourself out there. 
So I started creating a newsletter, sending it to every person that I knew, and I created social media accounts. And I remember when I first created my Instagram account, I was just like freaking out. I'm like, what is it? What are people going to think? You know, I was a lawyer. Now I'm a realtor. And I just remember being very surprised by so many of the positive reactions that I got from people and the referrals and, um, you know, the people that sent their friends and family to me being like, that's so great. You have this legal background. You have these skills that other people don't have. And I want them to work with you because I trust you. Yeah. So that was really, really surprising to me. And I wish I had gotten over that hump like way sooner and just done what worked for me. So I remember when I decided I was going to start my own business and go into consulting and, and executive coaching, I talked to someone who I had worked with my entire career and was very senior and always very supportive of me. And he said, don't tell anyone you're leaving real estate. Right. And it knocked my ego. I was like, oh no, I'm going to fail. And that fear of judgment is really hard to get over. So you mentioned that you had positive surprises when you actually put yourself out there. What helped you get over the hump to actually put yourself out there in the first place? I think what helped me get over the hump, honestly, when I had children, I stopped caring as much about what other people thought. Mm. I was like, I just don't have time anymore for this. Like I need to be there for my kids and I can't just sit here in misery and be in an office all day. Like if I'm not going to be with them, I need to be doing like something that I really want to be doing and something I want to set an example for them on, you know, how they should be with their careers. They shouldn't just do something because people are telling them to, they should do what really motivates them and makes them tick. And like, I feel like I want them to see that example. I don't really want them to just see me going to an office just because that's what I'm supposed to do every day and being miserable. I want them to see their mom working, but being happy while doing it. So I think that was a big piece of it for me. That's such a great answer. I had a very similar thought process. It actually. really was. After I had my son, yeah. I wasn't working for a bit. Um, I was doing like all the mommy and me classes and it was nice like that I was with him, but I just felt like I, after a couple months of it, I mean, being like a stay-at-home mom is really hard. It's the and hardest like, job in the world. It's impossible. I was literally going nuts. I was like, I need to get out of the house and do something. I need to like just have my own thing and do something else too. That's kind of when it all kind of came together and made sense. And I was like, okay, this is this is what I need to do for me. Because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna leave him, I need to be like doing something that I feel like is worth it. Yeah. So or that leaves the stamp that you want to leave. A hundred percent. And it sounds like you're talking a lot about your values, right? And it seems like the birth of your son right. really put into perspective what your values are. Mm-hmm. One of them being setting an example in terms of how he should learn to look at work. Absolutely. And it's funny when I actually think about that being a real estate agent would be the thing that would teach my children like values because I don't know, when you think about a real estate agent, like whenever I like first tossed the idea out to people, people were like, you're going to be a real estate agent. Like everybody in Florida is a real estate agent. Like, you know, it's, it's just like a dime a dozen, like anyone couldn't be it. It doesn't, when you say lawyer, I feel like most parents would be like, oh, I want my kid to be a lawyer. Like, you know, that's so, you know, that's fantastic. So it is interesting when you kind of think about it and how I actually like 
got to this place and put value on this career versus the other one. There's so much about judgment. Yeah. In the entire story. And it almost sounds like your value, your value system versus someone else's value system that you had adopted. Absolutely. And again, that's coming. (laughs) That's me calling the kettle black because I know for a long time I adopted other people's value systems and I had to take a step back and say, you know what? No, this isn't what resonates with me. This isn't what I want to do. That's your life. You had the chance to live your life. I'm going to go live mine. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's what's important for me and for my family and my children to really learn and see, because I think that's how I hope that they grow up, that they follow their passion and they do, you know, something where they wake up and they feel motivated and happy every day, not just like become a a lawyer or go into finance or do something just because they feel like that's what they're supposed to. Yeah. So judgment is an interesting thing. I'm sitting here thinking judgment (laughs) is a fickle bitch because there's the judgment or the fear of judgment from people outside of you. And then there's also the judgment that you put on yourself. Right. So how much of that fear do you think was internal and in your head versus real and coming from the outside world? Oh, I'm sure most of it was in my head and coming from me. I think growing up, like I somehow had this vision of what I was going to be and what I was going to do. And I remember kind of going to law school and thinking I was going to be a lawyer at one of these big firms. And it was when I started realizing I didn't really like what you do at a big firm, like what that job actually entails, that I feel like I like basically fell apart because I was like, wait, I, this was my plan. And now this plan is not going to be working because it's not what I actually enjoy. Yeah. And um, that was a really hard thing for me to come to terms with. Um, because when I was young, like I always just envisioned, I didn't realize that you could like just take a different path. And truthfully, nothing in my life has been like the exact path that I thought it would be. And, and I feel like that's something that wasn't necessarily taught to me that like, you're never going to like end up with everything that you had expected. And that's okay. Like you just have to, to pivot and like figure out what it is that works for you. It's the journey, not the destination. Absolutely. And like, you know, look, they always say this stuff to you when you're younger, but it's so hard to not compare and not look at what other people are doing Mm -hmm. and feel like certain things are expected, whether it's internal pressure, external. I've always put a lot of internal pressure on myself. Um, I feel like I didn't really have my parents like putting too much pressure on me as a kid because I was one of those kids that came home and just did my work and like did what I had to do. And I think a lot of that pressure came from within. So I don't know if that's prop it's I'm sure other people could relate, but it's definitely not something that like, you know, it's unique, I think, in certain ways that I I put this pressure on myself. Hi, my <laughs> name's Jacqueline. I grew up the exact same way. Right. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I had a, a friend who's a neuropsychologist on an adolescent neuropsychologist, and she talks to children every day. And we talked about overachievement. And the internal pressure that is put on that and almost some of the unintended reinforcement that is given to you from the adults around you. Because if you come home with straight A's, no one's going to be like, oh, shame on you. You got straight A's, right? And it feels good to get the praise in a lot of ways. So it's this weird self-fulfilling prophecy 
but it does, it continues on into your adulthood. And in a lot of ways, I think it manifests in, in what we're talking about right now, which in my mind almost comes down to a question of identity. Absolutely. Because when you see yourself on a certain path for so long, it gets tied into who you think you are. hundred percent. And then if you want to change that, you are basically lost. It's like, who am I? Where do I go from here? It just felt like I was completely, like completely lost. What did you do to try to find yourself? It's a great question. I think I had to take a step back and think about what it is that really motivates me and what are the what are the things that I liked in my old job as a lawyer? Like what were, and and when I really thought about it, it was mostly the client interaction, being able to go sit and have lunch with my clients, listen to their stories and try to help them pick themselves up and move forward. And I think when I realized that that's what it was, um, it was like the human interaction. Yeah. There are so many different careers you could have that involve human interaction. One of them being real estate. Um, it All I do all day is I'm basically, as one of my clients told me, a real estate psychologist. Um, <laughs> people call me and they say, I want to, I don't know where I want to live, but this is what I like. This is, um, you know, this is what I like to do all day. These are the people I like to hang out with. This is how old my kids are. And I have to kind of help them in the most efficient way, narrow down what would be the perfect place for them. So, um, it's a much more positive experience most of the time than what I was doing when I was working in family and divorce law. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I just have a lot more positive energy around me most of the time. Not always. I mean, yeah. the the experience of, of being a divorce lawyer has helped me because I'm able to work with people that are going through difficult times too. So, um, but I, I just really like the client interaction piece and I have used, like there are certain pieces of, of my legal background that I, I do like to use, like the negotiating piece, like that's great. I don't mind using that at all. And I, I think having that legal background has really helped me when, you know, I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get a house for a client or how I'm going to get the best price for them in selling. Well, and it's a differentiator. Yes, it is. It definitely makes a big difference. It's, it's funny when I first started working, I had put on like on my business cards that I was like an attorney. And I feel like I had to like keep like telling people that, oh, I'm an attorney. And I never mention it now. Like, I think I got over that. Yeah. And I actually realized it's much more effective not to tell people and to just use your skills and not let people know like you have this like arsenal of skills that most people I meet, they just are like, oh, she's just been in for a couple of years, whatever. And a lot of realtors will just say, you know, I've been here doing this for 30, 40 years or whatever. And, you know, sometimes that's your strategy when you're negotiating, you let the other person just kind of tell you what to do and, you know, just kind of don't let them know too much. Don't show all your cards. Exactly. And it really works. What a great point. Yeah. It's really interesting. And it's always funny like to see how it, how it pans out because I don't necessarily tell them that I'm an attorney that I understand like the details of these contracts. um, Well, nothing like saying it on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hopefully they're not listening. (laughs) No, but that, but that's such a great point because it goes into the whole judgment, ego identity thing where sometimes we feel like we need to lead with all of our strengths, which there's certainly an element of emphasizing your strengths, but you don't need to 
say it, you do it. A hundred percent. And part of the reason I asked you how you went on the journey of self-discovery is because part of me is what I realized because when I was going through the same thing, I felt like I didn't know myself. And so I threw so much stuff at a wall to see what stuck. I went to therapy. I would go to astrologers. I would go to shaman. I would, I would do anything to try and figure out what I liked and what I didn't like. And I think it was very informative for me. I found that going back to the beginning, what I've liked since childhood, the situations in which I thrived the situations in which I felt most energized and comfortable, that was really helpful in figuring out what it was that ultimately made me tick. And similarly, it was the people. It was talking. Right. It was synthesizing large amounts of information. It was the writing. It was the communication. It was all of those things. And I've now managed to find a way to get paid for it. Absolutely. But don't you think if you were asking, if you were in high school and asking somebody like, Oh, Jacqueline is good. All the things you just named that you were really good at those points. Do you think anybody would have said to you, you should start this coaching business? No. Like like they would be like, wow, you're, you're really successful. You're a great student. You should totally go into finance. Like, or it's, it's just weird. Nobody looked at me and said, maybe you should go into be a real estate agent. And, you know, it just never would have dawned on me to take this path. And I think that's kind of like one of the things that I really have, like I've realized at this point and I hope like other people learn and like I could show my children, like what you just said about really trying to figure yourself out first before just jumping in. Like I, how I went to college and immediately just jumped into law school. I think it's a good idea to really try to figure yourself out and, and understand what it is. That it's actually that motivates you. funny that you asked that question because I remember a few years after I graduated from col- uh, high school, I think I was in college and I went back to my high school or something and I went and I said hi to my old government teacher. Mm-hmm. And he goes, so let me guess, you're in law school. Right. You and say? I was like, no, I'm actually on Wall Street. He goes, Wall Street. Right. And that's like to them an indicator of success. Like it's that it, and think like I feel like the mindset has definitely shifted yeah. now, but I still think there is that element like of people like you still want your kids to have good grades and, you know, follow a positive path. So it's hard because it's like you want to also teach them to do what makes them happy. And so it's like it's very confusing sometimes how to do that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, and I don't mean to make generalizations, but there are certain cultural backgrounds also that really emphasize that, that it's really hard to get out of that mindset because it's the water you swim in your entire life. Absolutely. Yeah. And at the other side of the coin to play devil's advocate in some way, you know, I am really grateful that I had the experience I had because I don't think I could have set up my business without having 14 years on wall street. Right. And without having the freedom that it gave me in a lot of different ways, right. To be able to make that leap. And so there's also this element of trusting the journey, right? Because I'm hearing you and your story too. The fact that you're an attorney is a secret tool in your toolbox and your arsenal that you can wield and gives you an advantage a lot of times, right? The fact that you went into the coaching practice allowed you to see this passion for sales and this passion for interpersonal interaction that allowed you 
to be where you are. So I think it's, it's like a double-edged sword. It's this element of knowing who, who you are and also knowing that you can pivot. Right. And it's not, maybe that's what it is. You know, I always thought you had to make a decision when you were 18 years old. Think, think how crazy it is that we have majors that you pick when you're like 18, 19, and that's going to be your life. It's crazy that people go into into college already having upset major. I mean, there are high schools here where you have majors. Yeah. Um, you get into different ones with majors and it just, it's, it's astonishing. Like there's so much that you don't know about yourself. So maybe it's about the power of the pivot. <laughs> it is for sure. I think that, you know, we really just need to be encouraging people to be okay with pivoting and not feeling like that's a failure or that quitting is means that you failed in some way. What do you think you've gained by pivoting? I think I've just gained control of my life and I've been able to do what it is that, that I want to do and what makes me happy every day rather than doing what I think others might expect of me or what, you know, part my judgment is my internal judgment is telling me to do. Yeah. It's almost like living your life by your own terms. Yeah. Like your authentic life. Well, and I think again, part of the power of pivoting is acquiring different skill sets at every step on the journey. A hundred. Yeah, absolutely. I really do think that this journey could have, you know, was meant to be how it was. And, and each piece of it has helped me become better at my, my career. So these pieces make me who I am as a real estate agent. So I, I think I've gained that from all of it as well. And I don't think that that legal degree was wasted in any way because it helps me with how I think, with how I review um, everything that comes to me, how I listen to my clients and take in what they're saying and what their needs are. So I think it helps me in a lot of ways. Like there's so much that I learned there that helps me in my current role. Well, and you'll always be a lawyer. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll, I'll always have been on wall street and no one can take that experience away from you. Absolutely. And you mentioned the word structure at the very outset of the conversation. And I do think having what I would call a very institutional background in a lot of ways does allow you to learn structure and provide structure so that when you go into a more quote human or interpersonal business, you're able to package it in a way that's maybe more even efficient or productive. Absolutely. I think that training allows you to, to create structure in your life. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So we have to wind down. I want to rapid fire two questions to you. Okay. The first would be, what advice do you have for somebody who's scared of pivoting, but knows they should? If somebody was afraid of pivoting and knows they should, my advice would be just take the leap and do it. I really don't think you'll regret it. I wish I had done it sooner and you just, you can't be afraid to do it because if you have a gut instinct that what you're doing isn't the right fit, you really need, should just go and, and make the move. And you, I really don't think they will regret it. And how do they get that confidence in that split second decision? It's hard, but you just have to know, like you have to trust your, your, what your instincts are telling you. And you have to trust that it might not be easy and you might have to take a few steps back and you might, you know, other people might give you advice that doesn't align with what you're doing, but you know yourself better than anybody else and you have to do what works for you. And in the long run, if you want to, you know, keep going down a path, 
um, at a certain point, like you're just gonna, you're not going to be able to do it if it's not really what, what you want to do. And I think you're just going to be so much more successful if it's something that is really what you want to be doing every day when you wake up. Yeah. It's almost like asking yourself, what's the worst thing that could happen? A hundred percent. It's psychological. And nine times out of 10, it's not as bad as you think it could be. Absolutely. And just mitigate your risk. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's (laughs) the thing. Yeah. I think obviously there are different ways of doing it where you could, you could try things out and, and still keep the other thing. But I would just say that it's usually worth taking the risk, even if you're afraid. Yeah. All right. Next question. Take this however you will. What do you know now that you wish you knew back then? Oh, I think the biggest thing is that we're not all meant to follow a couple standard paths in our lives. And I kind of said this earlier, but I think that whatever you envision of your life and your career path, just throw it out the window and just go with things as they come to you. And you can't just try to put yourself on a path because that's what you had thought was going to work for you. Nothing ever turns out as expected in life. I've learned that. So you have to just kind of go with what you're given and um, do do what's right for you in the moment. I feel like there's so many one-liners, like the journey, not the destination. Totally. And it's so cheesy. And like, I'm yeah. sure people said this to me as a kid, but like, I didn't really understand it until you, you go through it. Yeah. Man plans, God laughs. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, this has been so much fun. Yeah, it's been great. I'd love, I love chatting with you. And I feel like we both kind of took a similar path in certain ways. So it's, it's really interesting to discuss. Totally. Totally. I feel like we're mirror images of each other's (laughs) career paths in so many ways. Um, And I really appreciate you joining us today. Such amazing insights. If anyone wants to get in touch with you, if anyone's looking to relocate to South Florida or is in need of a real estate agent, how can they get in touch with you? Sure. So um, I'm a real estate agent at Douglas Alleman in Boca Raton, Florida. And um, they could email me at Dana, D-A-N-A dot Ron, R-A-H-N at element.com. Perfect. And then check out your Instagram too. What is your Instagram handle? It's my name, Dana Ron. Perfect. Um, Well, thank you for being here. And as always, thank you so much to our listeners for joining us on another episode of Worked Up. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, and leave reviews. And please connect with us on Instagram at Jacqueline Beck Consulting on our website, www.jacquelinebeckconsulting.com or email us at info at jacquelinebeckconsulting.com.